Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm Willie. I'm Nick. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk a little bit about genres or actors or directors whose movies we'd like to get into a little more. Then we're going to do a full review of David Toohey's Riddick. So, uh, a continuation of the Riddick cast this week. Minus guys, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> my, minus, my, minus Tim. Minus the Van Damsel. Um, right off the top, uh, feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. If you want to email us for any reason, give us some feedback, talk about something we talk about, any of that good stuff. You can also find us on Twitter, at MFN Podcast. And, um, yeah, MidwestFilmers.com. Go there, you can check out our show notes. Usually we got the timestamps in there and any other incidental stuff we might talk about. But anyway... Right off the top, we're going to go into our discussion of genres or movies in general that we would like to get more into. So, Willie, what kind of genre or director or actor's movies would you like to get into? Well, I, I initially, the reason why I kind of brought up this question is because I went and saw Aliens with uh, our good friend Gojo, who has been on the podcast more than once, and um, he, to much my surprise, he had never seen Aliens before. <laughs> And uh, how, how is he friends with you? And he hasn't seen aliens. I'm, I'm failing him. No, I, I. What's funny though is this is kind of why it came to my attention. Is is uh, he's a sci-fi guy. He likes sci-fi, and and it surprised me that he had not that the only aliens, you know, franchise film he had seen was the original. And I don't know. I just I was so shocked by it because not because I was like, oh my god, you have to see aliens to survive life or anything, but <laughs> but I just I was surprised that he hadn't seen it and and that he had really no knowledge of that that uh franchise yeah so I, I i don't know i think there's a i think that we all have kind of those either whether whatever it is a series or a, or whatever that we kind of want to get into and uh i know for me one of them was fast and the furious that was cured <laughs> thank you midwest <laughs> film notes podcast yes for scratching that itch um no the one thing that i kind of want to get more into i've dabbled in it but um is just asian cinema in general especially the um movies from Japan and Korea specifically there's a lot of cool stuff coming out of that area and like yeah. I'm really into I, I want to get more into Kurosawa like the older stuff oh yeah I mean I've seen you know Hidden Fortress and um, Throne of Blood and a couple others but I, I kind of want to watch some of his other like lesser known stuff you know mm-hmm. and um, and I really I, like I have a kind of a stack of of Asian films that I have to watch like um Cashern, I just watched recently. Cashern, <laughs> Cashern was really cool. Um, the I only w- movies, the only, one of the few movies whose subtitle, American subtitles, just make you completely misunderstand the movie. Oh yeah, I think. no, I mean, I, I yeah, I had no idea what was going on, but no, I really enjoyed but it. But it was almost Mega Man, so kind of was, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's there's a lot of movies like that, and not just the sci-fi or action stuff. I almost want to see like some of the romantic comedies. Like, there's actually a, I think it's a. I think it's a Korean film. It's it's a remake of What Women Want with Mel Gibson, but it's it's a Korean film. Is Mel in the Korean one? No, he is not. But I want to see it because um, it sounds, it looks very interesting. Because um, we're remaking their yeah, films so often that, you know, hey, for once. Um, but yeah, I think just in general, like, Asian cinema is something that I, I really want to get more into. And I, I like the, I like the, the visual like the pizzazz that they put into their films, yeah. you know, like they, they always look gorgeous, you know, in, in, in different ways, even the really nasty, like, 
Japanese horror films that get really raunchy and gory. There's a beauty to them, you know. Yeah. Um, sometimes it is style over substance. I feel like with those kind of movies, especially like the like Keshern and and uh, the verses. Mm-hmm. If you ever seen verses, I have not, but. Um, but I, I kind of I kind of enjoy that, and I like I like the fact that it's just a different culture, and that um, that different countries just have different ways of making films. Yeah. You know, they have different make different decisions. So I don't know. I just I, I think I want to kick it off with uh, with um, some of the older stuff, and then kind of work my way up to now. So very yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, Nick. Um, lately, I've been really feeling an urge to check out more period uh like thrillers espionage type stuff like 70s yeah and uh even a little bit prior i've always been a big excuse me a big fan of like spy fiction and um i remember when i when i saw tinker taylor soldier spy i really enjoyed it and i was like i wish there were more movies like this around but they they just don't really happen that much anymore most of the the thrillers and espionage stuff we get is in the vein of born and uh the new bonds to an extent and that kind of thing. So I, I know pretty soon I'm going to um, watch, like, All the President's Men and Three Days of the Condor and uh, that type of stuff. But I also want to kind of go back a little further and check out some noir-type stuff, like 40s through 60s, like detective stuff, uh, like Chinatown and even earlier. That's kind of late. But part of it, winding up getting ready for uh, Inherent Vice when it comes out, I want to see a lot of that earlier stuff, because they don't, those movies don't really exist that much anymore either. Yeah. Um, with the exception of newer ones, like like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and that kind of thing. But I think... Captain uh, America 2, maybe, kind of. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. So that's kind of what I want to get into, is a little bit more of like the simpler, more where the writing and the characters and the story is what makes for the tension, not so much the action and the... Yeah. Um, you know... Just the physical stuff. Because Tink... Did you guys see Tinker Taylor? I did. I have not seen it. It was so intense at times. And it was... There was just people looking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. But it was still so good. And, uh... The other thing I really... I'm realizing after we watched Riddick, I really love, like, one man against many movies. Man versus environment. Yeah. Or versus just, like, a group. Like, like especially with, sci- with a sci-fi twist. I mean, we all know... I'm itching to watch Soldier with you guys talk about it. It's a pretty perfect example. So you're speaking of a movie like The Pest, where it's one Latino yes. man's fight against the world. Yeah. You know, most people immediately jump to The Pest. <laughs> I decided not to talk about it, because I wanted to go with something lesser known. Uh, but no, those type of movies are just always fun uh, fun to watch, I think, especially if they got a little bit of cheese to them. If they're kind of aware of, you know... The, the kind of silliness of it, almost like the original Rambo. It's a it's a hair goofy, but it's not that goofy. It's not like Riddick goofy or Soldier, no. but movies like that are so much fun to watch. Like one one protagonist versus like just an, a larger opposing force or something like that. It's fun to watch, but I don't I can't really think of that many movies like that. So it's going to be hard to to find more. Yeah, I think. On the subject of the um, like the noir kind of political. The thriller type. Do you like some of the older, like the older Hitchcock stuff before he got more into the horror element? Oh yeah, I think *Strangers on a Train* is the best Hitchcock movie. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the horror stuff is good, but I it's never been. I don't know. It's never been my favorite. He was obviously pretty amazing at it, but I think of the horror movies he did, my favorite was *The Birds*. Mm. But I like I like the more, just the more everyday thriller stuff yeah. is cool. Yeah, I was just wondering, because I know like some of his older stuff. I haven't seen a ton of it, but 
some of his like older older stuff is kind of in that vein you know yeah. like that kind of like it's a good suggestion yeah so you might want to watch some of those stuff maybe i've got a list going i'll probably i'll probably get going i mean i bought the blu-ray for chinatown i bought all the president's men um so i'm probably gonna watch those pretty soon uh, i watched a netflix with uh jason statham and clive owen called uh killer elite mm-hmm. it's not very good <laughs> But it wasn't. It wasn't awful. It was just kind of stupid. It's De Niro too, doesn't it? Yeah, that was stupid. De Niro and Statham were the two that, if they pulled the two of them and put in two other people, it would have been better because De Niro is just kind of there phoning it in. Mm-hmm. Like there's scenes of him running down the hallway with a gun, and he's just holding it like this. <laughs> like, he, literally, there's one shot where he like, comes around the corner and he's like, just looking around. Like <laughs> yeah, a, just, like a just kind of limply holding his gun. At least Statham still got like that down, but. Uh, everybody else in it was kind of good, but it, it was it was fun to watch though because it had a lot of little moments like that, little spy, little clever spy things. And it wasn't a very good movie, but it kind of restoked uh, my interest in that. And I actually remember uh, seeing some of the International with Clive Owen and Naomi Watts a while back. I never saw the whole thing, but I remember seeing some of it and thinking it was decent. But so I guess I also need to watch more Clive Owen movies, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now that he's sporting a mustache all the time. All right. Um, yeah, I personally, I probably have a lot of things that I could say for this question because my list of shame is so ridiculously yeah, large. You just need to watch classic movies. I just need to watch movies that are good. <laughs> I'll be all right. But um, I would like to be a little more into horror than I am. Because oftentimes, like, if somebody's like, oh, you like movies, blah, 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 what's your favorite horror movie? I'm like, I don't really, I don't know. But, and it's, like, it's not that I don't, most of the time I discount horror movies because I think everything that comes out nowadays is just horrible. Most of the time. It's horrible. Horrible. But, um, (laughs) so... So I need to kind of remove that. I mean, The Conjuring was really good, and I've always heard good things about, like, The Descent and some of the... Yeah, dog soldiers. Let's get it done. <laughs> so I would like to get into horror. Uh, a lot like you said, Willie, I would like to get into, um, like I bought Yojimbo and Sanjuro on Blu-ray. And I, ha- I just bought Seven Samurai and I haven't watched them yet. Well, let's take this journey together, buddy. We could. We very well could. We could take all these journeys together. <laughs> um, Homeward bound. Like, yeah, a lot of Kurosawa and just Japanese cinema in general I'd like to get into. Um and then in, I would even just like to kind of broaden my scope. I kind of realized the other day that I have very much a, a my my film knowledge is centered around contemporary film, and it would be nicer just to have a little more expansive knowledge, get a little more in the way of film history than than just what's going on right now. I think that would that would probably inform some of our discussions even better, but. Uh, there's so much amazing stuff out there too. Yeah, like pre even 1980. You're in a very exciting position too. I don't know, like I, I mean, I certainly haven't seen every movie that I'm ever going to be interested by any means or anything. But I've seen a lot of movies that like I almost wish I could unsee and then like watch again. them again for the first time. So yeah. it's pretty cool that, I mean, it's 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 very cool that there's a lot of stuff like older stuff that you haven't really even touched yet. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very cool. I um. I, I started keeping I didn't I haven't really kept up with it too much but I made a, a Google Doc that has basically a director whose filmography I would like to at the very least see the major things out of but try to complete mostly. And I mean there's people on there, you know, 
people like Christopher Nolan, blah, blah, blah. But I also have, like, Steven Spielberg. Like, there aren't a ton of Spielberg movies that I... Like, I've seen the Indiana Jones movies and... Uh, Jurassic Park, I'm sure. Jurassic Park. There's there's a few here and there that I've seen, but there's a lot more that I haven't seen, and yeah. I would like to see more. I, my my aunt's been telling me to watch um, Empire of the Sun forever, and it's just sitting there on my steps. I'm, I want to watch it really bad. I just haven't gotten to it. But so yeah, like directors like that. There's a lot of Hitchcock I would like to see. If there was a if there was a Hitchcock Blu-ray set that wasn't five hundred dollars or something that I could pick up and had absolutely everything. I would buy it and like watch one of those a week or something like that because I would like I would love to sit there and do that. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff out there that I need to watch. So you should you guys... watch some some older westerns. Uh, yeah, and I I have absolutely no knowledge of western. The most westernish movie that I've seen is probably Back to the Future Part Three. So <laughs> I was gonna say Serenity. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, Serenity as well, but. I'm no. very excited that you're interested in getting into horror movies. Yeah, I, I would I would like to, to have a little more horror knowledge. I'm excited that you I proposed you watch westerns and you agreed. <laughs> I love westerns. I have a maybe perhaps a small erection right now. <laughs> I mean slight. that in the best way possible. Just a slight. Let's check. Hold on. <laughs> yep, it's there. There it is. Um, no, that's it, it, just out of curiosity because I know that you're not nuts on horror movies. Not that you like hate all of them, but um, are there any that you any like because Horror has like a billion subgenres. Like it's like one of yeah. those one of those genres where it's like it spins off into so many different directions. Yeah. Like, is there a, a particular type of horror movie that you found yourself enjoying more than others? Or I mean, well, I mean, the one that the the things that kind of stick out in my mind are like sci-fi horror. Yeah, kind of alien, pitch black ish. Event Horizon. Yeah, I haven't seen. You Event gotta do Event Horizon. If I have, it's been forever. But it's 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 actually a really good movie. Very creepy. Um, and it. See, the problem with horror for me, it's not so much... It's going to be hard right now. Horror is kind of hard to look back at. I'm sure there are a lot of movies that do it well, but when you look back in horror, makeup and effects and everything has only gotten better since. Sure. And most of the time, the problems that I have with horror movies is that I just sit there laughing at them the whole time because I find them so ridiculous. Or because the effects are so silly. And yeah, absolutely. like a, a lot of things like that. So I feel like um, with practice, you will suspend your disbelief. That, I mean, that's, more easily. Yeah, that's, I think. that's the thing is that I wonder if it would get better over time if I was just going to be like, I need to sit down and watch this movie, like think because like Alien, Alien holds up super well, but even even just kind of sitting there and being like think about this movie when it came out and how people probably felt about it. Like, yeah, to try it's and get to in... do that sometimes. Though. Yeah. It is hard to do. It is hard to do that. And I, I think that, I don't know. I think that especially with horror, like the cream rises to the top. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, when I talk about horror movies to them, they're always like, you like that? You like that? Like, but I, not every horror movie I enjoy is like, I don't know. I enjoy them for different reasons. Like I don't put, um, like the descent or, um, or alien or, um, some of those, like, I don't know what I feel like are, like, 28 Days Later, some of those higher caliber horror yeah. movies, like, by, like, master directors, I don't think about those the same way I think about, like, Friday the 13th Part 6. Yeah. It's not this, like, I enjoy them both in their own ways, you know what I mean? So I think, I think part of it is to, is to, like, also who you watch the movies with, like, I feel like if you sit down and watch, like, like marathon a few Friday the 13th movies with a bunch of dudes that think it's hilarious and hysterical and just want to drink beer, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, if you're sitting there with a bunch of guys who want to, like, sit there and, like, 
analyze all of it. Like, there's no why, you know, like, yeah. like there's no, you know what I mean? But now if you want to sit and analyze like 28 days later or there's a lot there to chew on, you know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the horror movie. Yeah, if you watch it with people who are going to take it seriously, it makes it, or in, like, same goes with going to a movie theater. Yeah, like, absolutely. If you're with a crowd that's quiet and is paying attention, then it's, it obviously way enhances the experience. Absolutely. It's funny. I think the, the subgenre of horror that I really love is like ensemble versus large opposing force of foreign you, you like you like a group of people trapped somewhere with cre- with things yes. just pouring in i know yes you enjoy we both love that i'm a huge Left fan we love aliens i love the siege style horror movies yes. like where it's just like they have to survive this i like from dust till dawn because of that a little bit yeah. because i like the idea of Absolutely. like the outside force that's Pitch moving black in. is very much that mm-hmm. uh aliens dog soldiers mm-hmm. the descent to an extent a bunch of people hunkered down extent. in one spot have to survive a certain amount of horde, time. kind of La Horde was fun. Yeah, that was fun. They come back. Zombie movies in general tend to kind of get that way, whether they wanted to or not. Yeah. But I think it'd be Oscar cool for sneeze. you to... <laughs> Andy sneezing. <coughs> there it is. Right into the mic. Um, right into en- enjoy that. I'm not editing it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kaboom! <laughs> I-, I, think it, it, I think it'd be good for you to, like... You know, maybe as Halloween you know, starts drawing yeah. here soon, like I think it'd be cool for you to like sit down and maybe watch a couple of like, I dare say, classier horror films to kind of. I mean, you know what I'm saying the the problem with with horror for like one of the other problems because I've already outlined like two or three that I have with it. I personally want a horror film to really get into my head and make me scared, and that's it doesn't happen that much. Sure. Like even even with the Conjuring, the Conjuring was creepy, but I wasn't like. Mm, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, you know, I need the lights on still. Sure. And and I think a lot of that maybe you grow out of once you get older, but it's, I still want, like, I, that's still what I want out of these movies, and I don't know if I can get that. Yeah, part of it is just that we've we've seen so much now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, most of the stuff we've seen it all before are usually done better. I mean, look at all the Exorcism movies that come out. <laughs> Yet not a single one even holds a candle to watching the original Exorcist. Yeah. Um, but I think that I mean, I, I don't get scared by horror movies in general. The only time I'm, I'm creeped out by, like, I'm creeped out by a horror movie is usually something that I remember. I don't, I don't, I'm not creeped out in the context of the movie. I'm creeped out because I remember watching it as a kid and being creeped out. It, yeah. it brings back that weird nostalgic, creepy feeling. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's hard to be scared by a horror movie. I can't tell you for sure that that's going to happen for you. Like, I probably, if I really wanted that, I probably should have watched more as like a kid because. The only thing that I can really think of is, like, I remember watching The Ring and just being terrified of having static on my TV at all. And so I just... Yeah. Like, it was... That's a good example. Yeah. And that's when it gets in your head, is when you're a kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So... I, I mean, maybe... I'm still freaked out by drains. Like, I still... I can't put my foot on the shower drain in the shower. Like, on the on the hole. I can't do it because of It, the movie It. Because he okay. comes up through the drain. I, I still can't do it. It's weird. Yeah, and it's... And, um... I don't have any movie examples for it, but, like, uh, the the stairs to my basement have, like, the open back to yep. them, Mm-mm. and just, like, any of that. Or, uh, um, I know that some people are like, oh, Pet cemetery. like, I can't, I have to, I used to have to jump onto my bed because I didn't want anything grabbing, grabbing from yeah. underneath, so, yeah, I would like to get into horror. Yeah, we're gonna make that happen. I'd like to get into westerns. I'd like to get into movies in general, guys. Where should I start? <laughs> Hopefully, we can get. Um... Should I start with the pest? Because I, because I did start with a pest rewatch. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be cool if we could do a at some point do 
Maybe an older horror movie you haven't seen in sometime in October. Yeah. Did, did we, we actually review Suspiria? I don't we did remember. not no. review Suspiria. We, we, we watched it. We, yeah. we, watched we it were all very loopy when we watched Suspiria. Yeah. And none of us were ready for it. We were that. just like, this week, This it's not happening this yeah. week. So, Yeah, we should do Deep Red. Behind the scenes, there could have been a Suspiria review. There's a yeah. lost Suspiria episode somewhere in, in our, our heads. Room. Yeah. I always thought when we started the podcast, I always thought it would be really fun to once in a while have somebody pick a movie or a genre that they really love and have the others watch it and like kind of explain beforehand mm-hmm. like why they love this movie or ex- or explain maybe post-movie. Just try to get like a real personal insight instead of having a movie that we just all happen to watch, have one that someone picks that's really special to them or, like that, the they, or that they think everyone would love. <laughs> if you must... <laughs> Sure, the pest. Yeah, I, I, I would like to do more of that, and it's kind of interesting. I'd like if, if anybody out there is still listening to this, please write in with us and let us know what you think about our balance of, of uh, kind of current movies to retro reviews and what you would like to see more of. And if you think that would be interesting, you know, I think it'd be good to have some feedback on that. So feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. But I think that closes out our conversation. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to head into our review of David Toohey's Riddick. So, stick tuned. Alright, we are back with our review of David Toohey's Riddick, starring Vin Diesel, uh, Matt Nabel, Katie Sackhoff, Dave Bautista, and a bunch of other people, Jordy Mala. Bokeem Woodbine. <laughs> Bokeem Woodbine, yeah, Bokeem. And uh, with a special cameo by Carl Urban, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the IMDb synopsis says, Left for dead on a sun-scorched planet, Riddick finds himself up against an alien race of predators. Activating an emergency beacon alerts two ships, one carrying a new breed of mercenary and the other captained by a man from Riddick's past. All right. So... Uh, you heard our thoughts on Pitch Black and the Chronicles of Riddick last week. If you didn't, go check it out. Or don't. And um, Please do. <laughs> yes, Tim was with us, and he had good insights. So As always. <laughs> um, Alright, so Willie, we'll start with you. How'd you feel about Riddick? 2013, big return to the big screen. Uh, a sequel that I think many <laughs> figured we probably wouldn't get. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Vin powers on, man. Vin loves this character. Yes, he does. He refuses to let this die. No. And I kind of like it that he he like enjoy, he digs this character that much. Um, I enjoyed Riddick. I yeah. did. It is certainly better than Chronicles of Riddick. I, <laughs> I, I think we can all... You, everybody in the world should be able to agree on that. Um, yeah. yeah. It's... Uh, it's not. It's not quite pitch black by any means. It's not. It ha- didn't hit that level of enjoyment for me for the first feeling of pitch black. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I. Um, I thought that the the ideas they had, it was it was almost like three very different movies in one, and that was very cool. I, I liked each of them. Um, you know, I love the idea of Riddick kind of getting back to basics. Um, surviving on the planet by himself in the harsh environment, and and I, I like I like that he has to kind of rise up from like basically being dog food. Um, that's that's a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing to to bring him back to where he started. So yeah, yeah. Are we keeping this spoiler free? Spoiler free. Okay. We're going to be spoiler free for now. And but yeah, um, no, I I enjoyed the movie a lot. I, I have some issues with it. I think that the script is pretty goofy in spots i mean especially the dialogue certainly but it it's i think they know that 
um, Riddick as a character in the Riddick franchise is kind of a goofy thing anyway. You know, like they're not afraid to to be kind of expendables esque with, yeah, with it. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. Coming off of Pitch Black, I feel like they should feel as though it could be more than what it is. But anyway, yeah, and and that might not even be their intention. Their intention might just been they thought that was good dialogue, and it's not. I mean, it, it's not like it, the, every bit of the script sucks. It's not like everybody's just vomiting horrible lines. But there are definitely moments where I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's not good. Like, eesh. but um, and some of the some of the effects work because we talked a little bit about that. Some of the effects work certainly. It shows that this movie was made at such a low budget, at, at, at as low of a budget was it forty million? Thirty eight. Thirty million. Yeah. yeah, which is very low by today's standards, certainly for this kind of movie, and it does show on occasion. Um, it didn't didn't hurt the movie for me overall, but there were definitely moments where I was like, "Yep, that uh, doesn't look great." So okay. overall, I enjoyed it though. All right, Nick, how do you feel about Riddick? Uh, I really liked it quite a bit. I think I almost like it as much as Pitch Black. Definitely don't hate it as much as I hated Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think it's a very cool movie. It's very you know, I read somebody online shortly after we did our double feature and I was doing a lot of reading on the on just the kind of Riddick mythos that is <laughs> has create has apparated under everyone's nose. Uh, a lot of people were like or somebody in particular said he's really like a kind of the modern pulp hero, like kind of John Carter Tarzan type of character that doesn't really exist anymore that's just this guy who continually is placed in these crazy foreign you know over his head scenarios and just has that weird balance of can't die and is funny and just a kind of a cool character and you don't know why you root for him all the time but you do and I was like yeah that, that's really true because I, I, I remember when I first saw Pitch Black I was like this character is so cool like there's just something about him that's really neat he's very it's that perfect blend of, of actor and uh, and role it's really great and I think that they definitely play this movie a lot closer to that idea of let's see what, what can Vin do with the character that let's not necessarily make Riddick part of a grand scheme let's yeah. make it a smaller story let's scale it back they learned from their mistakes absolutely a bit. Yeah. which I remember we were all saying last week I hope they learned from the mistakes <laughs> of Riddick and I think they absolutely did 100% if if almost a little bit too much um, I think that's that's the only fault I had with the movie and even then it's it's so minor that it feels like a, a, a little bit of a retread at times but it's not so egregious that it really, really bothered me and got out of hand. I was just like, well, it, it's better it's better than what we got, for sure. Um, they kind of acknowledge the retread thing a little bit, too, which is yeah, nice. At least I, they, at least and, they... and it's done in a, in a way that's pretty organic. I love, I really love the way that they pretty much acknowledge that this, this character was a successful character for a reason, and he needs to rediscover that with himself. And he kind of came full circle but almost grew that way like it was interesting that they kind of acknowledged like this character is he is 10 years older as a as a person uh this story is now 10 years later than than pitch black was and it's uh just very cool i think the the effects were a tad were, were a little bit wonky at one spot but it honestly didn't bother me at all i i almost would rather it not be cleaned up because i think that part of it is kind of the appeal for me for a movie like this is to kind of see the see the the wires so to speak see the 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 low budgetness of it i kind of dig it that there's evidence of it plus 98 percent of the time in the movie the effects are pretty incredible for i mean the creatures look pretty amazing 
and the designs of them are awesome. I think I think the movie does look great for the fact that it's thirty eight million. It looks incredible. Oh yeah, absolutely. How, how cheap it is, considering the whole it's an alien world for the most part. And I love I love how segmented the movie is. I almost wish that there were like title cards at the beginning of each one <laughs> that was like part one, you know, some some just some title, and then part two and part three. Like that would have made it kind of awesome if I was like part one dog. Sure. Part two, Mercs. Part three, dot dot dot. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Part three, boss. Boss. <laughs> Who go boss? Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't really, I don't know general remarks. What else I really have to say? I just think I loved, I loved it visually. It looked really, it was very lush, like the colors and everything. Just it was something about it, I just really, really liked. And um, it, it's a very natural progression. It doesn't feel forced. It's a more natural progression from Pitch Black to this than it is to even, like, from Pitch Black to Chronicles of Riddick. Which is weird, because this movie couldn't exist in its form if Chronicles hadn't happened. I think it very easily could if you chop off the first 10 to 15 minutes. You're right, but I wouldn't appreciate it as much. I think that now, <laughs> yeah, that could be very true. Now I'm I'm glad I'm okay with with Chronicles of Riddick existing because it made this movie that much sweeter. Like if this movie had immediately, if you had chopped off most of the first act and it had immediately followed Pitch Black, it wouldn't be as good. Cause yeah, it would just feel like a of, retread. Exactly. Yeah, this is that's why it's it's a pretty cool natural evolution of the character, and I'm I'm excited to see what if anything happens next. Okay. Um... Yeah, so I kind of I wrote down a few notes, and I I really liked the movie. And to tell you the truth, I might have enjoyed it the most out of the three. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm torn on that. I think I think I could maybe end up enjoying Pitch Black more if I if I watched it again and maybe put on the subtitles or something. But um, <laughs> one of my favorite things about this movie is that it throws out Chronicles of Riddick literally <laughs> in like the first. 10 to 15 minutes like Vin is basically just like back to zero here we are you know he's it's <laughs> it's like the Don Cheadle moment in Iron Man 2 where he's like I'm here deal with it it's it's like very like in the script forget about everything else that you know about this yeah. let's move on and I appreciate it for that because I, I like the fact that they wanted to dial it back it's very much them realizing that maybe they didn't need to go that far with the throttle um and I and I think a lot, a lot of what I'm going to say is going to retread you guys, but I think that a lot of what's great about this movie is that it gets back to what Pitch Black really meant for Riddick, Dis- and, and and it doesn't feel like a total rehash. But it's kind of weird. Yeah, it does feel like we're like, oh yeah, this is this is awesome because it's not Chronicles of Riddick. That's kind of strange to me, but it does it does feel like it's. Uh, like it takes the idea and somewhat expands upon it and puts Riddick in different situations, which is really all that I would have wanted out of a Riddick series anyway. But um, and I think it does look great for thirty-eight million. But into some of the things that I didn't like, uh, like there there are a few of the effects that just, in my opinion, were were a little distracting. Uh, particularly anytime they were on the bikes, it kind of felt like uh, those old movies where you'd have a car stationary with like a background scrolling behind it. That's kind of how I felt about that, and I was just like. Ugh! Oh, and it made me want to puke. Um, the script needed some work. I think it'd be great if Diesel Tui Wheat Wheat got a woman in there that could maybe write ladies and possibly know something about making dialogue that doesn't sound too ridiculous at the times where it got pretty stupid. Like, 
toenails matching nipples and things like that. And like, <laughs> there would be so much better for that. <laughs> there's, uh, the, I, w- I will say, when it comes to the script, there is, there's a little bit of that feeling with this movie that they just kind of ran with the first draft. You know what I mean? Like, there, there are characters that feel like first draft characters, especially the kid with the Bible feels like a first draft character yeah, that would like, be excised in later drafts. Like, that happens sometimes with movies where you're like, that. That's a first draft character. There's, there's people that feel like Riddick fodder, kind of, or world fodder, because... Which you need. Which you need. Yeah. But I think there's some where they, they try to... They try some, to add something to them. They try to add depth through this character, and it just doesn't... It's it, that, That's an idea that should have been... It's weird. Has yeah. no place. Um, <laughs> I was not a fan of the score, which is very weird, because it didn't bother me in either of the first two movies, and it's the same guy, but there were, there were two times in particular... One of which when Riddick is... This doesn't spoil anything. It is in the third act. But it's when Riddick is on Pride Rock. And I was like, Ugh! God, tone it down, please. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, in the first act with uh, with the dog, it was like... It honestly made me feel like I was in like a family fun movie of the year. Like, I was like... That was awesome. Like, it was, like that part of the score is so totally different from everything else that's in it. It was very distracting to me. But I, it obviously didn't ruin the movie. Um... And on that on that note, the first act is extremely different from the rest of the movie. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think it like it's a very jarring shift. And uh, I don't know if it could be more skillfully done. I don't know what I would have preferred differently, or or if I would have taken like the second act and kind of finagled it into something different. But it just it's a little. It was a little weird to me moving from that section of the story to the next one, and. Um, the pacing. The movie felt really long to me. Like, super long. Longer than two hours long. And I I think it could have been tightened up a little bit in some areas. But it wasn't a major issue. I just kind of felt like it was dragging on. It was one of those movies where if I wasn't re- reclined in complete relaxation at the Star John R, uh, <laughs> then I would have <laughs> looked for my phone and tried to hide it in my pocket as I checked my time. But overall, I did enjoy the movie very, very much. Um... Probably not going to be on my top ten list at the end of the year, but I still think it was very cool. And I think it's not like... I hope if they see some renewed success with this franchise that they continue to find a way to take the character that they've built and start to inform the world around them more naturally than they did it in Chronicles of Riddick. So, that's my hope for the series. Do we have any other... General thoughts. Not without spoilers. We got we got some time left. Kill some time, guys. I think I uh, I kind of agree on the on the pace. The pacing was. I remember thinking it kind of felt like I was kind of like, man, it must be reaching the end soon, and it wasn't. But I think it's because the the acts, like Act One is short, Act Two is huge, yeah. and Act Three is short. short. Yep. I think it's because Act Two is pretty bloated, which is okay. It's hard to tell exactly when Act One ends. Too. I think there's two places where you could say. This is where it ends, which we can't discuss without getting into spoilers necessarily. Um, But I think there's two really distinct places where I was like, and I kind of almost prefer the first of the two, which I guess we'll talk about. Okay. Um, But Act 2 is humongous. Yeah. I think uh, we should make a particular note if Gojo happens to listen to this before I get to talk to him, which I'll probably text him later. Uh, I think... Drax is in safe hands with Batista because he's actually yeah. pretty damn entertaining. I wanted, fun. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I I think this movie kind of, while I I miss the 
pipe dream of Momoa Drax. I think uh, Bautista will probably have some fun with, with Drax, and that's cool. He seems legitimately confident. Like, that's that's the thing that was worrying me the most, is I've seen him in a couple things, and he just seemed like he was really uneasy with the whole acting, you know? Um, but he seems... It's not like he has a ton to do in the movie, but it seems like he feels comfortable with the lines he's given. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, yeah. Yeah. He didn't make me cringe at all, unlike Never. some other people, like Jordi Mala a little bit. And See, I, <laughs> I loved pretty much everybody in this movie. Like, I was like, they all fill... Like, you take take the cast of, like, Aliens or, like, a movie like that and transplant it over and everybody fills a role that needs to be there in that group of, of mercenaries. You've got, like, every different type of archetype of crazy bad guy or crazy... I don't know. They're I just, just have all, an they're, issue. They're all relatively different from each other. The guy's acting was fine. Yes, he was hamming it up. I have an issue when somebody's delivering a line and it feels like I'm falling down a flight of stairs because of his accent. Fair enough. Like, that happened multiple times, and I was just like... So you hate Spanish people? Yeah, Spanish people are terrible. (laughs) They need to not be in American movies if they're not going to speak in English properly. It was definitely weird, but I... (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I I don't know. Somehow I enjoyed it. I was watching it, and I was like, this guy is just a full... Oh, it's it's funny, and, and he's got some... Some of those ridiculous lines, like the frequency line that sticks in my head for some reason. He made but. it work, though. Like that's, a, I guess that's why I liked it. Like if if he hadn't quite made somehow those dumb lines meets like hammy actor, it was like a good, it was a good marriage for but, me. Like I, I bought it. I was like, this but funny. some of it was just like if he would have tried a little bit harder, I would have like understood the line, or like it wouldn't have felt like I was getting my throat slit as he was talking because he just can't get this line out of his mouth. It's. Like he was, a lot of the times it felt like he wasn't even attempting to just to to actually say the words that were on the page, and it was yeah. like I, I almost wonder if he chose that as like a character. Like I've seen him in other movies, and I feel like he's like he can totally handle like I know I've seen him in other stuff, and I feel like he was not nearly as like affected by his by by his accent. The, yeah, by his accent. Yeah, so I, I feel like maybe it was a choice he made to make like. An extra layer to add to the character to make it him may have a also more... to make him really, really disparate from uh, I forgot his name the the leader of the other Merc team boss boss yeah yeah to make him total contrast like that guy's cool controlled that might have even been a Tui decision like I want you to be I want you to be foreign relatively un- <laughs> that... unintelligible I see he didn't <laughs> I want Riddick to be on the other side of the rock going, what, what was, what was he that? didn't bother me too much I, I actually. I mean, I can I totally understand where you're coming from because the character can definitely be kind of horribly obnoxious to listen Amazing. to. What what's happening right now? You can't, just... can't understand this guy. I don't get him at all. I can't understand him. I'm gonna talk subsonic, but you can understand me <laughs> a little better than you can understand the guy speaking kind of Spanish. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> no, my, my I I didn't have any major issues with him, but I understand why you're annoyed with him. He's he's not. He's kind of an obnoxious character, but I, I like obnoxious characters. I think there. I mean, if you've ever played, this is a weird parallel to draw, but if you've ever played Borderlands, all the mercenaries in this movie are pretty much characters from that game. Like, they all are really weirdly foul-mouthed, and they just have ridiculous ways of saying everything, and a lot of them are hard to understand, and they're just all really manic, and I, I guess maybe that's part of the reason I kind of bought it. I was like, clearly they're all just 
spacey, scummy, but freelancing. Borderlands is kind of funny because, like, even with the art style in that game, I get that it's cartoony. Riddick kind of rides this weird line between realism and cartoonish, and it's... Well, it's kind of the way Pitch Black is, too. Yeah. Which is why I, I think both both Pitch Black and Riddick work so well, and Chronicles of Riddick tried to be more a little more serious, a little more grounded, and... Was kind of. actually the opposite. It was. <laughs> it just came off like a bad episode of an '80s cartoon. Like, <laughs> I think that they they tried. They I don't think they know how to do serious and epic too well. But I think they're really good at at whatever it is they made Pitch Black. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they do have they do have moments that naturally, whether they're intentional or not, that naturally stem out of the the hilarity and the. Oh yeah, ridiculousness that do really feel like epic. You know what I mean? There are moments that. So I think that they they need to try in, in future sequels if we get them try hard not to force that epic scope. Let it come naturally, naturally from yeah. from what you're doing. So to tell you the truth, it'd be interesting to see what somebody who is a little bit more of a master in world building to take a Riddick movie and be like, okay, Vin, here's really how you need to do it, and and like them. Attempt to, to, to break it open a little bit more. Like, not go Chronicles of Riddick, but just to, to like, if the next time around Vin is like, David, you're awesome, this is our guy, you can executive produce, let's kind of figure out what kind of genre or what's, what, what thing we can insert Riddick into this time that's totally different from Pitch Black and... How about Justin Lin? Yeah. I'm down. Justin Lin does a good job with that kind of thing, so... The Fast and the Furion? <laughs> that was Alex's creation yes. last night. The Fast and the Furion is the Riddick uh, Fast and Furious crossover. All right, so we're going to move on to spoilers. Um, we're going to take a quick fake break, so we'll be right back. All right, we're in spoiler Terry for Riddick. So, let's talk about with this one, kind of. We definitely have to resume exactly what we were just talking about at some point after we talk about spoilers. <laughs> like where we think it could go, should go. Okay, sure. Should go. Yeah. Um, all right. Spoiler-wise, what do we want to talk about? Well, I, I have to talk about my... I, I didn't want to bring this up earlier because I don't want to accidentally drop spoilers, but uh, my my Jordi Mola of this movie was Katie Sackhoff. <laughs> And I've never seen her in anything else. I know that she was on Battlestar Galactica. She's um, also on 24, season 7 or something. Yeah, I never made it that far. I really need to watch the rest of that show. Anyway, um, I know she no, was one don't. of the stars of Battlestar. Um, and I know she has a pretty solid following, like a fan base. I know, like a kind of a nerd following or whatever. Yeah, I think anybody in Battlestar has got that. I've heard her name a lot. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. somebody, But I've never seen her in anything. And I, I just... It's hard to say. It's hard to put a finger on how much of it was the the way her character was written, and how much of it was her performance. But I was not nuts about her in the movie. Yeah, she came off. She came off to there, there was there were two there are two like cardinal sins for like female action uh, stars. One is being trying to like overcompensate and be overly badass to the point of being an obnoxious character that's Miljovic in Resident Evil that's one extreme okay. the other extreme is being so sexed up and becoming such like just basically a sex object that kicks things 
that I can't take you seriously because I know you're just tr- they're, we're just trying to sell this movie with your female figure, and that's more along the lines of Mila Jovovich and Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> She's the perfect blend, perfect storm. Um, no, if anything, that's kind of Kate Beckinsale in Underworld. I, and it's okay. I, I get sick of that sometimes because it's this. It's like you can write. A female character that's a that's a badass. So do you without, feel like do you feel like sh- that Katie Sackhoff went down one of those paths? She's both. Okay, that's the thing that really bugs me is she starts off her character is so overly hard for the sake of being overly hard. There's nothing there. She's like a robot, and it's that's not interesting to me. Like it's fine if you want to write her character as like kind of tough and stoic, but she just comes off as like obnoxiously brutish, and then later on, once you've established that she's this tough chick that can get stuff done, that can handle herself. Then you devolve her into Riddick's sex toy out of nowhere. It's just like, I want to climb Riddick. I want to climb Mount Riddick. <laughs> that's all she wants to do for the last 20 minutes of the movie. Who wants to climb does she, do, Mount does she contribute? <laughs> does she contribute? Thank you, Riddick. Does she contribute <laughs> anything to anyth- anything that happens in the third act? I, I, want, I want Nick to rebut you a little bit because I feel like last night you were kind of on the other side of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What else? Because you you were you were kind of saying that you felt like you were no, happy I, I, that there's a character that stands toe to toe with the guys. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think Willie's overlooking uh, Jeanette Goldstein in Aliens because she is 100 percent the first type you named. She, she is, is absolutely butchy for the absolutely. sake of being butchy. Totally. And I like I like her character in that movie, and I like uh, Doll uh, Katie Sackhoff's character in this movie on about the same level. Just because I I don't think. I don't know. I think that there could be overly butchy for the sake of being butchy, but I think both of those two actresses make it work for me in those movies. I think it's probably because they have a relationship with one of the guy teammates that kind of understands them. And you can tell they're not, they're not just a total man hating, like tough chick. They actually, they're just a woman. They'll respect you if they respect. Exactly. Because she has that, that relationship with boss, the way Jeanette Goldstein does with, um, steady cam machine gun, Drake, Drake. Um, Second machine gun band name called Mark Drake. <laughs> uh, yeah, Drake. And you know, it's—I uh, always think it's cool when there's that character who, you know, is somebody's partner, but there's nothing sexual between them. There's—it's just their buddies, their soldiers that work well together. And yeah, I, think I, I that appreciate that not... because because I agree. That initially, as soon as we saw the two together, I'm like, okay, they're going to be some sort of couple or something you know what i'm saying there's going to be something going on there it was so cool that she was just like his second in command it, that was very cool and, and i i understand where you're drawing the parallel with the with uh, the vasquez character the only thing is with for the with the vasquez character and this could very well be katie sackoff's performance that that i'm critiquing here but i felt a sense of humanity from the vasquez character early on in the film i i even though she was a hard ass and she was doing pull-ups and being buff and ripped and all that she she still felt like she gave a damn about the other people around her. I didn't, even though I knew there was a relationship between Boss and Doll, I never felt like she had any concern in the last, because he was in serious jeopardy in the last bit of the movie. I mean, they were out in the middle of that horrifyingly nasty storm full of scorpion things, and I never felt there was any sort of... She like At that point, she was like, I just want to bang Riddick, and it was weird. It, was, it didn't even feel natural to her character. Does that make I think, sense? I think you read into that more than I did. Anyway, yeah, well, I think she found Riddick, Riddick, Riddick like amusing and probably attractive, but I don't think that that was. I didn't see it plastered all over her face the whole rest of the movie. 
I don't know about the that, whole rest of the movie, but when she moment. goes to rescue him, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, they're totally going to do it now, just like Riddick called. Huh? But that was funny. I just, I don't know. I know. That's, that's Riddick, well, man. See, the weird thing that's about Riddick, it. Man. The, but the, well, the other point, though, is that uh, Drake and Vasquez, etc., they're soldiers. They're Marines. Sure. These are mercs. Mercs, sure. yeah. At the end of the day, it's every man for himself. Plus, I, he ordered her to stay there and said, as second in command, it's your job to watch the ship, yeah. and if, I come, if they come back without me, kill them. So what's she going to do? Like, disobey him and grab a hog and go out there? That would be stupid. I'd be like, okay, this is overly butch character being overly butch for the sake of being butch. I think part of the disparity between how you feel, Willie, and how you feel, Nick, is the fact that you've got four dudes writing who they think this woman character should be. And to me, it kind of felt a lot like, you know, this is a role that we could... It could Doll could have been a dude. You could have just cast a dude as that part, and the only thing you would lose to it are all the lesbian jokes. Well, it might, I mean, be, you it lost, might be a little awkward when she was straddling Riddick, but... Yeah. You would have lost the rapiness of Santana, and that conflict between the two of them. That's that's true, too, but... It, I mean, not necessarily. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But... <laughs> well, the other thing that I liked about about Katie Sackhoff, though, that I thought was, was interesting, and I'm not like... She's, she's not like one of my favorite actresses mm. or anything. I don't hate her. I mean, I... And I didn't hate her either, but I I see where Willie's coming from, and yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I can't from say too. I hate her as an actress because I haven't seen her in anything else. I just didn't like her in this movie. Yeah. What I what I did like about her though was that she was able to flip that switch because like she's she's kind of a straight up tough like I'm business, I'm a merc throughout the whole movie. And then once Riddick is in her presence, and he kind of just shows nothing but pure raging bull charisma, Machismo. and basically starts running things. She was able to flip that switch into kind of like almost whimsical for a second like or oh, like kind of having fun with it at that point and i was like that's kind of i don't know i kind of dug it i was like she's went from just like i want to kill everybody in here to i want to hang out with this guy a little bit more and it yeah. was just i don't know i had fun with it speaking of whimsical <laughs> we can hop music. back to the to the first act now i know you wanted you said you wanted to kind of clearly denote where you think act one started i just thought it was interesting or ended, how rather there's a very clear i lo- i love the obstacle in this movie like in the first act alone the first act could have been its own short film and it was awesome because i love that there's always that when there's when there's a movie or a book or something where there's the one the one like boss you have to get past the one obstacle and you have and you you meet it and you can't beat it so you go back and you get better and then you come back again and you beat it and it reminds me of like Rocky Three. I'm trying to think of of a, of a good example. For some reason, I want to say like the book Hatchet, even though it's been like 15 years since I read it. I feel like there's one animal that he can't get past, and he needs to, and he spends a bulk of the book avoiding it and training, getting better. And then, and I could be confusing it with a different story. Absolutely. If if anybody listening knows, feel free to correct me. But I, I love you, that. Victor, Tim, or Gojo. <laughs> yeah, I loved that in this movie. How in the first act he. He comes across that creature in the pit, and he's like, I can't handle this thing right now. And he observes it, and then goes back, and there's a montage of, you know, how much time is passing of him getting better and coming up with a plan. And I just love that that actual tangible sight of the staircase of rock. I was like, that's so cool. Level it's two. Like, basically, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Just that visual manifestation of this is what I need to get past was so cool to me. And uh, it feels like once he got there... That was almost the end of Act One, but then you could argue it goes a little bit further up until he actually hits. The he hits the call. beacon. That's kind of what I was thinking. I yeah, I kind of feel. I I fell as soon as he hits the button. That was when it's almost. That's why the the first act is almost like a weird little prologue to the, to the yeah. to the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. which I I really like the weird 
structure of this movie. It, it almost plays so, like, I do too. like two or three different movies. It's it's really cool. I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch in the future because you could easily just start at one of the three acts and. The, and, the uh, only thing that I, I, the only thing with, with the three acts that I wasn't, I did feel like, um, the second act when the Mercs come and stuff it was very cool at first, but I, I talked to you guys about this before. I, I wanted to see, I, I know that the Mercs were waiting for him because he needed a ship and he called them basically as a taxi, as they say, to come. I, I get that. I understand why they were sitting around waiting. It was just wasn't fun to watch after a while. It was like... Okay. I didn't mind. I didn't mind that Riddick took a backseat, and these characters kind of became the main. Yeah, characters. like I, I can't. That's kind of what I really liked about it, and and it didn't. Like I said to you last night, I think Act Two is probably my favorite part of the mm-hmm. movie. I, I just thought that it was really cool that it was more about the Mercs interacting with each other and Riddick kind of sitting back and letting them get to the point where they're, like, gonna kill each other or, you know... It was a lot like Pitch Black again in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so... But it felt really different because these guys were, like, out there to, like, definitely kill him. Like, in the first... In, in Pitch Black, it was kind of like, oh, we gotta find this dude because he could kill us. But these are, like, Mercs that were brought here to kill him. And... I don't know. It's just it 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 was the most overlong part of the movie for sure, and it probably could have been tightened up, and you might have sure. enjoyed it a bit more because it does. There there might be some parts where it just kind of feels like Vin's on top of the ship drinking a space Corona, and you're waiting for things to unfold properly. But sure, I I kind I respected it because it just felt like um, it, it felt like it took the main character once again and kind of pulled them pulled them aside and was like, yeah. watch these. Watch these plebeians play around. And and then... I liked I liked spending time with the with the Mercs because there are a couple that you genuinely are like, okay, I like this, like or, I like them, or, or you feel something for them. Yeah. Um, I just I think it would have been, I think it would have been cool to have them. I mean, I I like the idea of him waiting in the wings, but I think at some point they should have maybe halfway through that act they should have taken a more proactive stance and gone out there maybe to go get him. Yeah. Because I feel like. It would be it would have been cool to see more of the landscape for one, mm-hmm. um, and secondly, I would have liked to have seen him kind of playing stock them in the whatever weird wilderness is out. You know what I mean? That would have been it would have been cool to see that him up in the trees. Yeah, like it would have been cool to see more direct conflict between them. Just to see, just to watch them kind of instead of it being a pure chess game, have it be a little bit more confrontational, and even so. just have a change of scenery. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you're there at that that one small station outpost, for a yeah. long time, and it. Not that that hasn't worked in movies before. I mean, the thing does it very, very well. Like, Ugh. yeah. But pause for the thing. But I <laughs> moment of silence. Um, but you're speaking of the 2011 one, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, I I guess I got a little bit bored towards the end of Act Two, I, and I can understand that. Yeah, I'm but. with you. I dug it. I I am actually glad. If they had gone out after him, we would all be we would all be complaining about it. We'd be like, "That was the stupid thing to do. Why did the characters do that?" At least yeah. they were smart enough to be like, "We need to wait for him. We need to work together." Kind we of. We have a honeypot, and he's going to come for it. It's yeah. just a matter of time, and we just need to not kill each other. And I, and love, I think it reminds me of of like the Batman movie. I've always wanted to see where Batman is more a force of the movie, yeah, and it's about other people and how Batman impacts them. Because there were some awesome, just like classic Riddick moments. That's the thing now. Classic Riddick moments. Like the shot Bionic when the guy's standing back to back and he turns and you just get that glimpse of him dragging the guy away yep. silently. I was like, oh, <laughs> that was so cool. Just zero, zero shits given by Riddick. He's like, I got this guy. Now. I'm going to take him back to my cave. 
Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it just uh, I I liked I thought that was a smart approach to kind of put Riddick, hang, put him on the shelf for a minute, and let these other characters. And it, and it was cool to have such the movie does a pretty good juggling match of having basically three really different parties. You have just Riddick, and then you have the people who are after him for money, and the people who are after him out of like vengeance and answers. See, and, and like the only thing that I might have wished is that maybe. Um, because it doesn't feel like an ensemble, but it is. I wish there could have been somebody somebody behind the scenes maybe making it a little more cohesive in the sense that... Because you kind of get to know these people and that they kind of maybe have roles. Like the Jesus kid kind of is a little bit of the techie kind of dude. and. Uh, oh, you mean they have like positions like I, in the group? Yeah, like I wish, I wish it would have been... That would have been fleshed out maybe a little bit more, sure. but... Uh, not a not a big complaint. Uh, we haven't even talked about Boss Johns yet. We we got four minutes left. So Johns, the father of of uh, Cole Hauser's character in Pitch Black, comes comes back to find out what happened to his son on the planet. What did, what did you guys think about them kind of pulling that string back in? I liked it. Yeah, me too. I didn't see it coming actually. No. And I uh, yeah, I dug it. I thought it was pretty cool. Again, it was a good way to come full circle with the series. It was felt fairly logical. Yeah, it's pretty I, cool. It, he was. I liked the actor a lot, actually. Oh yeah, he was really good. And, and, and yeah. he, Matt Nabel. Matt Nabel is that his name? Nabel. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, no, he, he it was cool. Job. Yeah, it was cool. I bought it. It felt pretty natural. Once again, I love Riddick's weird ability to just figure out things about people just by looking at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a trait of his that I totally accept. I'm like, all right, I buy it. <laughs> He's just a very intuitive guy. Well, but he did say that, that John's is going to lose his spine like his son did, and then John's doesn't. Yeah, he, like, like, I did, that he was try, nice. He tries to call the movie like he does in Pitch Black, and, and he ends up somewhat wrong. somewhat wrong about it. And we don't know whether or not he and Katie Sackhoff banged, but... Oh, they they intend to at the very least. I was just I was seriously waiting for when they, when when there was that for shot of Riddick at the, the end. For, no, for her head to pop up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I like I like having Johns. I like one moment that gave me kind of like weird goosebumps. Just I like I love Pitch Black. So like just those two carrying the light sources, the blue Absolutely. light sources through the darkness yeah, of the rain. Cool. I was like, oh my god, it's Pitch Black. Like Dude, the the shot cool. of the two of them back to back. Where it was just, it was gorgeous. Where it was right before uh, the part where Riddick actually gets stabbed by the one, and there's like it's their last kind of big standoff, and there's just a brilliant shot of it's it's Vince facing the camera, but Matt Nabel had his back to him, and they're just the way, just the the glow, and then like the creatures there, and just the the glow of Riddick's eyes is one of the coolest. I love just seeing it. It's such a cool. It's gotten progressively better through all the movies yeah, too. Yeah, it's so cause... cool how how predatory it is now. He's almost like a like an actual like jungle cat, you know, like looking out of the dark. It's really. Neat. It's a very cool character design choice. Absolutely, it yeah. was from the from the get go. But in the but then that one shot of the two of them just battling, cleaving their way through aliens, uh, was pretty cool. That's my only real gripe with the third act was it. It almost was kind of like too little, too late. Like I would have loved to have seen kind of Pitch Black two moment, but it was it was relatively short, and the the creatures weren't creatures from Pitch Black feel very threatening and unique. Yeah, these didn't feel all that threatening. They're just kind of that. I mean, and it, and it's a, like the the thing about the creatures in, in Pitch Black <laughs> is that you have the ability to keep them at bay with light, 
and that kind of gives you a mechanism for um, for suspense it and, and stakes, yeah, yeah it kind of brings the stakes up. And this point, <laughs> Riddick's like, "We gotta take a, we gotta bring out a crowd game." And so then they just kill all of them as they're walking through the. It's pretty yeah, much, and there was a lot of like people standing around in Act Three, like standing around in the rain. And I'm like, "Where are the creatures yeah. that are supposed to be this massive threat?" Like they they open the sh- the, sh- the ship door up and they're just like. <laughs> Katie Sackhoff's like this for some reason, but on they're just kind of like pointing their guns out the door and nothing's There's nothing coming. there. It's like, oh, okay. I don't know. It was it was an interesting. They didn't really get into how the creatures tick, kind of like yeah. the, the pitch black ones, which it was kind of okay and not. I mean, it was cool to see swarms of aliens and they hint that they're Rick they, and John's <clears throat> murdering a ton of them. They hint that they were like they, there's a line of dialogue about how many th- of those things are buried out there. Yeah, like almost like they go into hibernation yeah. when it dries out, and then when it rains, they come out to get, yeah. you know to to get wet and, and that's, stuff. And it's very interesting, like because the ones that he fights in the beginning, like they're sitting in the in the they're submerged in water, they're submerged in the Where ponds, and water, kind yeah. of like so that's kind of they they hint at it, which is a very cool like yeah. creature idea, like the idea that they would be underground and then they would wait for the moisture, and it feels like something inorganic, like, like a real just creature, like the would worst do. worms ever. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> bioworms. All right. Um, any final thoughts, real quick? I really hope that um, John's brother shows up in the next Riddick movie, and he's played by Wings Hauser, <laughs> brother of Cole Hauser. I would be, I'd be okay with uh, Boss John's maybe showing up in, in the next Riddick or the one beyond that. It'd be cool if they had to team up for something. But if he just went his own way and we never saw him again, I'd be cool with that too. I think his character's pretty much closed off. But I think the next one. I almost would rather they continue ignoring the Necromongers and Vin, because he, he pretty much heavily implies at the end of the movie he's going to Furia. He's going to find Furia, like that's his goal. Because he says that line about he's going to find home or something like that. And I would love to see... Furia shouldn't be too alien. I guess I kind of want to see the Blade Runner universe with like Riddick in it. I want to see a really like futuristic-looking... Grimey. Riddick type. Noir. Yes. Neon lights. And I want to see like a, an urban Riddick warfare. Like Predator 2... But good with Riddick. <laughs> what if some sort of like government ship, the Necromongers dropped in creatures, like airdropped creatures into Furia, like downtown Furia, and he's like fighting them in buildings and stuff? I'm down. I mean, I'm down for the Necromongers. I'm, Listen to us, straw, Finn. Riddick's like, I'm on my way to Furia, but I dropped a nuke off. I'm on my way to Furia, but I dropped a nuke off at the Necromongers. Just yeah. one shot of Carl Urban. Carl Urban and Crumb are just like, oh. <laughs> Skeletons no. just evaporate. Yeah. I, I, I would almost be. Totally satisfied if they just write them out of the franchise entirely. But I, I'd be curious to see what, what they make Furia look like. I think it could be really cool. I think they did their rehash of Pitch Black, so they should do their rehash of Act 2 of Chronicles of Riddick and just make a prison breakout movie. I'd be down. Yeah, That's like, I feel like... <laughs> or a prison infiltration, X-Fill, infill X-Fill movie, where he teams up with Snow. <gasps> Snow from lockout. No, yeah, all right. Was... I think I think that's about it. Sure. Um, many thanks to Aunt Mister John, my brother, for our uh, our music and our artwork. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can switch those out for something new now that we're a bit of a year old. So we'll see. Um, check us out on Twitter at MFN Podcast. We're also on Instagram and Vine. Haven't really done a whole lot with either of those lately, but I'm gonna try to keep going with those. Uh, Let's see what else. Feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. Let us know what you think about our shorter time. Let us know what you think about our first segment here, talking about genres and stuff that we want to get into. If you have any suggestions for any of us, that'd be great. Um, Let us know what you thought about Riddick or any other movies that we've uh, talked about. 
maybe we'll share it on the air and talk about it a little bit. But uh, I think that's about it. So, Kyle XY, go watch a movie. Watch a movie, guys. Kyle XY, go watch a movie.